While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast tonight. Hey, Marcus. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm fine. I'm pretty good. You know, um, good weekend and uh, I think a good first hour of radio. So I think it was I think it was a good first hour. We have um, a really important topic now. Yeah. Um, so the Plymouth County District Attorney's race, as you pointed out, we had the Bristol County race, but that's over because it was just a primary. Yeah. The Democrats. It was over to when it started. Yep. So, well, well that, that too. But, yeah. but now it's legi- legitimately over. Uh, yeah. District Attorney Quinn was reelected in the Democrat primary. There's no Republican. However, in Plymouth County, we have an entirely different scenario. Yep. We have a real race going on. You have a what I would call a real Democrat versus a real Republican. And a, and a Democrat with actual prosecutorial experience, actual like, like, a, like a, an impressive resume of legal experience. Uh, someone that can point to their record and say, I know what I'm talking about. And he's running a professional campaign. He's running. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very. Um, he's raising money. He's raising a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the, 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 just to talk about the campaigning stuff a little bit, yeah. his, his, the stylization, and this isn't pejorative, but the, the stylization of it is very like Boston. Democrat ish, you know, like if you look at the colors and even the picture of him sort of looking, you know, looking up, it's it's very it strikes me as like a very like Boston campaign, Boston type of Democrat campaign, which I would agree with that. And and he's from Boston. Right. He's a Boston guy. He's a Boston guy. So you would expect that um he would have run in Boston, but that that race was obviously no one wanted to be part of that. He lives in. Um, <laughs> no one wanted to be part of that race. Yikes. So, so he lived in. He lived even the guys involved. He lives in. He lives in. Um, he lives in Brockton. Brockton. Yeah, he lives Brockton. in Brockton. He lives in Brockton. So I had we we had uh, we had both of them on. We had Tim Cruz on. Yeah, uh, the which incumbent district attorney. The incumbent district attorney has been since two thousand and one. I actually interned for Tim Cruz. Did you really? I did. Yeah, for a little bit. I, I talked to him about it. I mean, I really. I was twenty one. Uh, I was twenty one. I was driving an ice cream truck, um, but I knew I wanted to go to law school. So I sent his office a letter saying, "Hey, I really want to intern for you guys. I'm a criminal justice major. I have, I'm on the dean's list, whatever." So he said, "Yeah, sure. You can show up to Wareham District Court and you know hang out and you know really? whatever." So I did. I met the DAs. I talked to them. I remember sitting for a session. Like I remember sitting in for a session with them and looking at all the stuff that was going on. I'm like, "I'm never going to do this. This is crazy. Right? Who would want to do this? Right? I ended up doing it. So you were uh, <laughs> giving bomb pops to seven year olds at that point. Yeah. Right? Ex- no, seriously. And and then uh, it, yeah, and I ended up doing it. So, but it was it was good experience. The the supervisor at the time wrote my wrote one of my letters for recommendation for law school, which was amazing. Ended up being a big help to me. But anyway, Tim Cruz, who's been there for twenty one years, is facing uh, Rasan Hall. Now, Rasan Hall is the Democratic challenger. He is. Did he have a primary, or is he just? No, he didn't. Have a primary. And, and Cruz didn't have a primary either. No. So. They, they knew the, they, been the race from the they, beginning. They knew the the Democrats in this situation knew the mission. Um, if you got a long tenured 
uh, incumbent in the other party that you really want to get out. Right. You don't really do a primary, make the other, make the serious candidate spend money, and you also don't uh, have a piss fest about it if you lose. And so George Soros only has so much money to spread. So. <laughs> what these DA races? Yeah, George Soros has openly uh, said that uh, he will, he's funding progressive prosecutors. Yeah. So um, I don't know how much George Soros money has gone into this race. So anyway, um, we'll know we'll know after the election. Yeah. So uh, so Rasan Hall, uh, he was uh, first of all he and I asked him about his experience. And I thought it was pretty you know he had a pretty good resume. He was he was a prosecutor in Suffolk County for eight years. Uh, he worked with a unit called the Safe Neighborhoods Unit. He worked with police. He prosecuted gang cases. He went onto the Major Crimes Unit, prosecuted, uh, uh, mur- you know, the worst, uh, the f- uh, major felonies, including murder. He's prosecuted. So did he work for Rollins? No, no, no. He must have worked for um, Conley or or somebody Conley or or somebody whoever's before him. Okay, because he's older. He, he's he's been in the game for a while, so because he took the and he because I know he left in I'm pretty sure he left in I must say he left in 2015 or something like that. Okay, but anyway, he worked. He didn't work for Rollins. He then went to work for um, a civil rights legal organization where he handled a lot of uh, you know civil rights discrimination, police misconduct, NAACP, right? Um, police misconduct. No, not NAACP. Then he went to work at the ACLU. Oh, ACLU. That's ACLU. It, okay. Um, I know you're probably thinking the same thing. So uh, um, no, I'm 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 joking. No, no, but I thought it was NAACP that he worked at. I don't think so. But uh, he worked for like a, a Boston civil rights organization. But then he went to work for the ACLU. And actually, at the ACLU, he had a program called "What a Difference a DA Makes," which um, raised awareness about local DAs' races. And they saw higher participation uh, after that was in 2018, 2017, 2018 when. Um, you know, there was high participation across the board for elections that year. Uh, that was the Trump midterm election. Um, but there was more. So different. he's going to make Mattapoiset and Rochester as safe as Boston? Well, I don't know what that, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> yes, you do. The people in Mattapoiset and Mar- Mar- Marion and Wareham know what I mean. I mean, there's much higher crime rates in Boston than down here. I think that's, well, okay, so I think, first of all, I think that's a specious argument, and intentionally so, because Boston's a city with... Yes, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) I didn't know if it was. Yeah, because Boston's a city with about 700,000 people, and Mattapoise, it's got, you know, about, you know, 5,000, 10,000, whatever. So, um, and actually, it's part of the conversation. So he's running on this, you know, the progressive prosecutor... Um, type of platform um, that's been successful in some places, not successful in others. And uh, he's running against Tim Cruz, who I think... So Tim Cruz is a Republican, yes. and he definitely has... You know, when we talk to him, he definitely has a Republican perspective on um, and on prosecution. Yeah, yeah. But he also... On crime, yeah. But he also talked about... And this is becoming more of a thing. And I know he said, you know, we've been doing this for 40 years, but it's, 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 there's, there's more of it now is diversion. And diversion is, it's getting more headlines now. Yes. Diversion was, so what diversion is, is basically if you get a case instead of prosecuting it and putting that person on probation or sending them to jail or something to that, like that, right? Making them incur some type of penalty, you divert the case either by dismissing it outright or, by bringing them to, let's say, a drug court, you know, or a veterans court. I think you'd asked him 
um, a very good question, which was, what happens if you get a guy in there with a simple possession of cocaine? Yeah. Uh, first attempt, first time yeah. charge, yeah. right? Cool. Possession class B. And what did he say? He had an answer for you. He said we take everything by a case, uh, case by case basis. We right. prosecute the criminal necessarily before the crime, basically, is what he said. And he said, yeah, if we get someone with no record and it's a possession class B, we'll probably be diverting it. And, he, and then, that's what I think what he said. We've been doing that for 40 years. That's something, what he said, like yeah. That, right? yeah. But, but there's... There's been a, a, a call or a movement to uh, divert more cases. Um, you know, Rachel Rollins famous for the do not prosecute list, um, which I think a lot of people understood to be, oh, there's certain crimes she's just never going to prosecute. It's not necessarily true. It all depends on the person. It depends on the record of that person. It depends on that person's record. But there are certain low-level offenses, shoplifting. But she had put in possession. Memo. She did. She put out a memo yeah. that literally listed... Yeah, the crime she wouldn't prosecute because it was entered yeah. in the U.S. United States and again Senate at, the, at the first at yes and at the first offense. She, I think she also entered her the crime statistics in Boston uh, in uh, on the record as well. Rachel Rollins claimed to have uh, diverted fifty seven percent of cases of her cases, which means basically declined to prosecute, declined to you know follow those criminal charges to an end of of you know like a conviction or a quaff or a trial and not guilty whatever so that in her time they did a study they did a study of because dan conley was actually pretty similar dan conley was diverting 42 percent of of his cases before rachel rollins and what they found was the people who got their cases diverted it was like 58 percent were less uh, less likely to reoffend afterwards um so uh, Rachel Rollins during her tenure as Suffolk DA, the crime rates dropped precipitously, and so it, do we. Do we think that Mr. Hall, the ACLU lawyer, will um, will come out with a do not prosecute list? Or? He did. He, he committed. Oh, to he has it. one. Well, he said he committed to he committed to putting together a do not prosecute list. He said that he hasn't. They haven't. Put together the list of crimes that they're not that they're not going to prosecute. Like he hasn't put to, he hasn't released the actual do not prosecute list. Is that yet. because he doesn't have enough paper and ink for all the crimes he won't prosecute? Or is it? I mean, it is, could just be is, because is it election year. It, it could just is be he because a too honest. I mean, the politics answer is maybe releasing that list wouldn't be good for his campaign. It'd right? be great for this radio show, right? But, but the other for one of us, the other the other answer could be that. Um, he is, you know, he's not in the office yet. He may, maybe doesn't have his hands on the data he needs to have his hands on to formulate that list. Maybe if he gets a copy of some relevant statistics in his office that he can only access if he wins the race, then he then he comes out with the then he comes out with the list. But he did say he was putting it together, and he was. I, I didn't press him on that. He was actually asked by a caller, and that's again, that's great. That uh, he had a bunch of callers call, and they were really interested in what he had to say. Same thing with Tim Cruz. Um, but he said, "Yeah, we we're gonna, By the way, we're going to try to get a debate going here. Yeah, between the two candidates. Yeah, and for at least get them in again. So um, he he did say, "Yeah, I'm not going." Uh, he said, "We're going to put we're putting together the list." Is basically what he said. So I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out. So what I find very interesting is that you're going to have a district attorney over here in the form of Democrat um, Tom Quinn, who does not believe in the do not prosecute list crimes. Yeah, but in the neighboring county. Mattapoise at Rochester, Wayham, Marion, Lakeville. You'll have, you could potentially have an ACLU lawyer as a new district attorney who does have a list of crimes he won't prosecute. Yeah. And so all you have to do, folks, if you're listening right now, 
is drive from New Bedford or Fairhaven, hopefully, over across the city line to the town of Mattapoiset, commit a crime, it's not prosecuted in Plymouth County any longer. And now it depends if this is your first offense and it uh, it depends on a, if the, what crime it is, if this is your first offense of doing that crime. And, you know, if probably, you know, they might take a look at the case and say, well, this person just drove you to not get prosecuted, maybe. Or if that person, they find out somehow that this person went here to not get prosecuted, that might be different. Because typically the crimes uh, that are, are that are on the do not prosecute list are usually property crimes and drug drug crimes. Yeah, property, breaking and entering in the daytime. Property Property crimes, um, from my personal experience and from, I think, data would show that uh, most of the time property crimes, like shoplifting especially, are typically a byproduct of drug addiction. So their, the, the, their opinion is that, you know, instead of trying to put people in jail or um, further, uh, you know, put people in jail or prosecute them, put them on probation conditions that they're probably not going to meet. Uh, maybe we can either, you know, again, give them a pass on this one or di- uh, divert their case to uh, some type of alternative um, treatment or drug court or something like that to help them with their addiction. So, for instance, if you have a store on Route 6 and you're in Mattapoiset, I'm thinking of Tedeschi's as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't? No, it's 7-Eleven now. Oh, 7-Eleven. Okay, so yeah. 7-Eleven. That's only been to 7 over that way. So the 7-Eleven over there, and then we have, of course, 7-Eleven here in Fairhaven. Mm-hmm. If you go into the 7-Eleven in Mattapoiset and shoplift something, you might not be prosecuted there, but you would be if you prosecuted you know, in Fairhaven. Honestly... There's a there's a good chance even if you're in Bristol County that there that you won't be uh, uh, that you won't be or that you might be you know depending on the person you might be diverted to to a drug court or something like that you know just an example of there was uh, a client that we were working with at the um, at, in Bristol County that had a significant record of shoplifting right okay. significant. Uh, lengthy throughout this person's lifetime and this person uh, you know had a tough go of it and was dealing with a lot of addiction issues and one of a high-ranking member in in Tom Quinn's office uh, had worked with me to to get this person into a treatment program to 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 basically it wasn't from what this is so long ago it wasn't necessarily I don't know if it was a diversion uh, like a straight diversion, it might have been, um, but worked, wor- this person had a lengthy record, but worked with me to say, like, basically said, you know, Marcus, I've been dealing with this person, you know, in a prosecutorial sense for most of her life, most of my life, and I think that, um, you know, she, this person needs help or they're going to die, okay. right? And they're going to they're gonna keep reoffending. Now, I haven't, you know, I, once, the thing is with a lot of these cases, once I'm finished i'm done i haven't seen the byproduct of that but the point is tom tom quinn his office you know and the the other ada's i've worked with they have absolutely diverted cases simple possessions shoplifting those cases like that but do you think that under district attorney hall in plymouth county it'll be much more of a baked-in process yeah is carly and i think so yeah yeah I, i would i would say so yeah. I think I mean I think that that's a very I mean I think you're very honest about that, Marcus. And yeah. I, I think so what I'm saying is I think there's a big choice here. And you are too. There's a big choice in DA Cruz. Well, he diverts some cases mm-hmm. now. He's not gonna he doesn't divert cases, neither does Quinn. 
the way Mr. Hall anticipates doing it. Yeah, I mean, Mr. So so Rasan Hall would would what he's saying is he's got a list to do not prosecute. He says at the first of all at the first offense. So if you got somebody who's a repeat shoplifter or uh, even some like repeat, let's say possession class B. One of the crimes I noticed on there with, with, with Rachel uh, Rollins was breaking and entering the house in the daytime. Yeah. That was on the do not prosecute list. Again, I think it's it's. Do we do we anticipate that that's one of the crimes? Rashawn Hall would I, have on his I, list. I can't. I mean, uh, breaking in, in the daytime is pretty scary. Breaking and entering in the daytime is, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, I mean, again, I think it's a case-by-case basis. So if you're breaking and entering in your first offense, maybe they're giving you. Well, the first your, time you get, yeah, first time you get caught. And I think it would be. And, it, and again, I think it, it, it's situational, right? So if you're breaking and entering, let's say you break and enter in, in your ex's house and try to steal your stuff back. That might be different than breaking and entering to try to steal stuff because you have a drug addiction problem, right? Yes. I think the intention here, I think the intention here is very much going to plays, uh, plays into the decision whether or not to prosecute. So um, get your gun license if you live in Mattapoisa, if you don't already have one. The, um, I just think that I'm not sure. I, I'll give you an example. We recently had a very big case where people were coming down from Boston and they were breaking into the post office in Mattapoy. Yeah, I think right? that's a case that would not be diverted. If you've well, got a if you've got a scheme from a large criminal organization, I think that's a little different than maybe someone who's going having a tough go of it. Right. Like but my point being is that they the state of Massachusetts is a lot smaller than it used to be, given the internet and given the transportation, the highways, things like that. And getting to Mattapoiset from places outside of Mattapoiset or Wareham, places like that, is a lot easier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to get around now because of GPS and Google Maps, things like that. You can do a lot of research from your lair, uh, from, your, from, your, from your gang's hideout or wherever you're planning your, your, your capers. And then make, the, uh, make the, the, uh, the travel down here. So you had a couple of young men from uh, the Boston area. They broke into the post office. They then would they they escaped in a car. They were they were in the woods. There were helicopters over um, Mattapoisett. They were all over, pulling cars over. My point being is that I guess I look at Mattapoisett and Wareham and Marion Rochester as they're no longer the small towns they used to be that are primarily filled with local small town people, but that there will be outsiders coming to the area and if you have a lenient da one may be more lenient than than say a district attorney somewhere else norfolk county bristol county place like that i wonder what's that going to do i know you said that statistics are, are that under a lenient da like rollins in boston that she had some figures that said crime rate went down yeah i mean that came from the boston police department as well so it might be that it's that magic is, that's the magic formula, that if we don't put people in jail, maybe I mean, here's the thing it with, will cut crime. With the people coming it down defies here, logic to me. The people coming down here and and um, and prosecuting the people coming down here from Boston and breaking the houses are doing that now under District Attorney Cruz. So his stance on his prosecutorial philosophy, and I, I, I'm not. This is not to say Cruz is a bad DA. I, I think he's. You know, he seems like he's. He's been reelected for a long time. Seems like he's doing a fair job. Um, it, it seems like that hasn't that hasn't helped th- that situation at all. So I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it doesn't seem like some, maybe it's not something they take into account. All right, we got to take this break now. We'll, we'll be right back.
Yes. All right. So welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. Of course, this is South Coast Tonight. Marcus is here as always. So, folks, um, we're talking about the Plymouth County District Attorney's race. So that is for those of you in Wareham, uh, Mattapoisin, Marion, Rochester, Lakeville. Lakeville, Middleborough, Plymouth. Yeah. We know we've got a lot of you in our listening audience. That'll be, that's the area. It's going to be a, a very interesting race because there's not going to be a question as to whether, of to who you're going to vote for, right? I'm not saying now you know, but I think when you listen to both the candidates, they're so different. Um, well, when I remember when I asked D.A. Cruz, like, what's the, you know, and this is a question I ask all the candidates, what distinguishes you between you and your opponent? And he says, we are nothing alike. Right. Right. Said. No, I thought it was a very we're good, nothing alike. very good statement, right? So I was reading here. So, of course, Marcus, I think um, you brought some really interesting news here today that, that uh, um, this Rashawn Hall, formerly of the NAACP, um, he's going to, uh, no, the ACLU. ACLU. ACLU, not NAACP, ACLU. The ACLU. Um that's the panhandler people. That's the people who, who keep the panhandlers out there in New Bedford. Yeah, among other things. They do other things, too. Like the yeah, kiddie yeah. porn. They, um, yeah, yeah. They, they fight for the rights of yeah, kiddie porn. Yeah. They, they do. Yeah. They're wonderful. From, but Rosa Parks, too. You know, the, the buzz. You know, I the, won't have you lump Rosa yeah, Parks yeah, Rosa with Parks. kiddie porn. Yeah, no. no Don't just, you dare you lump Rosa Parks you, with you kiddie mentioned, porn. You mentioned, you mentioned the panhandling kiddie porn. I thought I'd bring up Rosa Parks. I know, but you I know, think Martin Luther King. We can keep her better. We can keep her in better company than that. But anyway, uh, one of the hallmarks of, of Mr. Hall's campaign is he's going to come out with a list of crimes that you can commit and not have to worry about. <clears throat> They're a do not prosecute list. And he's going to mimic that off the one that um, District Attorney Rollins had. Yeah. Um, so I think that what she, what some of the crimes that she has are instructive. So that if you're if you're taking a tour over to, a crime tour to, to um. Now, at a point, it should um, Mr. Hall become the district attorney. And um, you could destroy someone else's property. <laughs> Destruct, malicious destruction of property. That's a no prosecute. Yeah, again. That's not bad. Again, I think. When again, I was a kid, bust a mailbox with a baseball bat. That was kind of a, um, a thing I had to worry about. I used to run for the cops. But now I won't have to. Because it's not a crime anymore. Yeah, I mean. It's a crime here in Fairhaven. It's, you know, you still, first of all, you st- you'll st- You'll still get arrested. You'll still get brought to court, and you'll still get you might you'll still get formally charged. Oh, but but they don't necessarily. But they might not prosecute it. And a lot of that depends on. Again, a lot of that depends Is on that the circumstances. Be discouraging to the police. And you know what? You know what? The <laughs> tell me again. The I amount of property topic. crimes. The amount of property crimes that it's easy to sit there and say, "Oh, they can do this. They're gonna. They're, you know, there's people are gonna pour over from." It's the same rhetoric as like the border talk. People are going to pour over from well, Bristol County. Over the border. They're going to pour <laughs> over. They're going to. Wait, p- they're not pouring over the border now. They're going to pour over the county. <laughs> Wait a second. That was awesome. Repeat that again. They're, they're gonna- not pouring over the border now. What do you mean? The border, the southern border. They're pouring over the border now. All right, so we're getting off topic. So we're not going to um, – so it's like, oh, they're going to pour over the border to Bristol County and commit all these crimes here. But, again, the, the data shows that this – she diverted 57% of the cases in, 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 uh, in Boston, and the crime went down. Is that maybe because the police stopped arresting people that it you weren't going to be prosecuted? It didn't, it didn't, it didn't discourage – you think that's what happened? You think they stopped I'm asking, arresting people? I'm asking. I've never seen the data you're, you're talking about. I'm just going to what you told me. I'm saying that crime statistics are incumbent no, I, upon the police arresting people. Yes. So if the if the crime 
statistics drop, that means they've been arresting less people. And I'm just asking yeah. you if, if that's a function of them being discouraged as as an institution. Well, they're still they're still arresting they're because st- they know the crime is going to be prosecuted. They're still no, because they're still arresting. They're still going out and arresting people. They'll still get court time if they do. Right? There's there's incentives for them to do that. But um, but again, it, it's because I think because people. What I'm saying is, if the cops aren't aren't going to put the bracelet on somebody for let's say resisting arrest, which is one of the crimes. That, that, that uh, is on the list of yeah. non non resisting arrest is kind of, I think, ambiguously and arbitrarily applied in a lot of cases. So, but the point of the matter is, is that maybe they don't use that anymore because they realize it's not going to be charged. Even why though would a they care? Person slugged why, them. Why would they care? The cops? Yeah. Why would they care? That crimes they, they, aren't they, being they, prosecuted. They, why would they? But but they're that's never that's almost. Never been a concern if a cop if a cop arrests somebody and says, "Oh, this isn't going to be seen through. This isn't going to be seen. Oh, this this crime isn't going to be seen through till the end. So I'm not going to arrest this person." I don't know. I mean, again, I've never seen these statistics you're talking about, but you're telling me that that yeah. And I'm just saying to you that it defies logic to me that if people are not being arrested for crimes they used to be arrested well, they, for, they, that now the, the amount of people committing getting, that crime but if they're getting would be ar- less. If they're getting arrested in those cases are getting diverted and they're not ending up in the in – the, if they're not ending up being a byproduct of the system, if they're not being, you know, basically uh, uh, disenfranchised by it. Then they have a better chance of participating in it in a meaningful way, um, participating oh. in society in a meaningful way. Those who are charged. Oh, all right. I'm talking about the statistics. I'm just trying to figure out what would cause statistics to drop so rapidly, based on the fact that now you're not prosecuting people for these crimes, but yet that statistically has led to less. Of those crimes being committed, yeah, because it, because saying, it, because I, the because the statistics say those who aren't on their first offense, they looked at they looked at it was like sixty something thousand cases, uh, even in the previous administration, not Rollins, who was only diverting forty two percent of their cases as opposed to fifty seven. They found that people who were who were not prosecuted, who were arrested but not prosecuted on low level nonviolent offenses like shoplifting, drug possession, motor vehicle offenses, were fifty eight percent less likely. To commit another crime in in uh, in that county for in the following two years, so they did a study and uh, they, they, that's a, that's a study that was done from the time that Dan Conley was in office, and they even did a study for Rachel Rollins' office as well. Um, but let's go over to the phones five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. I think COVID. I mean, there I've called twice. I'm gonna hang up. But no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us what you have to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh well, I I just think that they were taking. Um, we're doing a lot of the studies during COVID time. And I think a lot of people weren't out about uh, during COVID time. So it wasn't that they weren't being charged and um, arrested. They just weren't doing any crime. They were staying home. No, because the, the da- some of the data that they have is from, from 2004 to 2018, before, we even, before COVID was even a thing. So, I mean. Of that. Hmm? What percentage of that? Well, what they're saying is they, they looked at, they, they, they looked at um, stud- this was like three univers three universities I think at Boston looked up uh, studies in um, uh, from 2004 to t- 2018 which is Dan Conley's administration not Rachel Rollins when they diverted 42 percent of cases and they found that people who weren't uh, 
People who weren't prosecuted on low-level nonviolent misdemeanors like shoplifting, drug possession, motor vehicle of- offenses were 58% less likely to commit another crime in uh, Suffolk County fall in the next two years. That's what it said, according to the study. But I think if when you interviewed um, the DA there, uh, is thing, was that the Cruz? Cruz, yeah. Yeah, Cruz, yep. Yeah. So you know, I would never pick a nice guy trying to do the right thing. But... He quoted it only as being the study he quoted said only Rawling. He said they looked. Oh, at that was Rasan Hall. Yeah, they said they looked at Rachel, but that, that's that's also true. They did a they yeah. did a also did a study under Rachel Rawlings tenure, at least two years of it. Uh, oh no, from January seventeen to February twenty twenty, and they found significant re- reductions in pro- uh, re- uh, reports of property damage, theft, um, and no increase in disorder happen. drug drug or, uh, drug or crime reports. Yeah, but the cops aren't, weren't reporting it, so it was going to go down. You know what I'm saying? Well, why wouldn't they less, report it? There was less because cops are pissed off. What do you think they're they're sitting in their their cruisers for? They're they're not going out and doing uh, going after crimes like they used to. You can't tell me they are. You think? <laughs> I have family members that are cops. No, I agree with you, Carla. That's much my point on this. Is and that's why I'm I'm challenging markets on. I love them, but. But it doesn't seem to me logical that if you stop prosecuting a crime, people are going to behave better. And the idea is, I think if you, I think the cops. My experience with cops is, if you say to them, "Hey, I'll be out in an hour," right? Which which they know that they're going to lock a guy up, and he's going to be out in an hour because they're not going to prosecute. Diversion takes away their motivation. Here's the thing: diversion isn't just uh, diversion isn't just dismissing a case. It's also, again, alternative um, alternative resolutions like drug court or even a pretrial probation, something like that. That's different from putting someone on probation making them pay probation fees putting them on a uh putting them on a drug with uh, with no programming putting them on drug tests that they're going to fail so that's different than diverting somebody into let's say drug court or even uh pre-trial probation or an outright dismissal it isn't just oh we're not going to prosecute these cases anymore it's it, it's it's but the it, list says do not prosecute right but prosecute doesn't mean right do not prosecute meaning don't see this through to a conviction or a quaff or a plea out or a trial that's not guilty or whatever it means divert the case it doesn't it means dismissal or maybe diversion to a uh into a treatment program and i'll, I'll turn it like i said drug court like mental health court like veterans court this will be on the ballot in plymouth county this will be on the ballot in november in plymouth county folks it still doesn't count for the downturn in police officers saying we're not going to arrest them, or 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 nine when you call nine one saying, well, oh yeah, we'll get a cop there in two hours, and they never show up. I mean, that, that's happening all the time. So I think uh, that's kind of a lot of UMass uh, law. Uh, that you're talking. I mean, I just have the I just have the data. You guys are speculating things. I just have the data here. This is what the data. You know is what they used me. to say to us in the army? You'd have to go to a lot of college to come up with an idea that crazy, right? Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Hey, listen, we got to take this break. But actually, uh, Jess is on the line. I'm going to hold her. Yeah, call her. She'll stay. Yeah, she'll stay. Uh, Jess, I got to hold you. Got to take this break. You know how it is. Pay Listen to us live. It's South Coast tonight. Marcus Ferrer, Chris McCarthy. So you, you've heard Jess Machado on on Saturday's uh, Jess Machado show, one to four. Um, she's from the other side of the Bragger Bridge, so she brings a lot of good news and a lot of good information from the Bragger uh, the other side of the Bragger Bridge. She's on the line now with a great story that just developed here uh, over in Somerset. Hey, Jess, how are you? Hello, Jess. Hi, guys. So tell us what happened. 
So tonight at our school committee meeting for our K-8 to school system, we have two in Somerset. We have a regional for the high school, and then we have a K-8 to for our, obviously, our K-8 to yeah, schools. Yeah. On the docket was a presentation by our current chief of police, Todd Costa, to discuss um, his recommendation for adding additional SROs to the component that already exists. Um, and uh, the chief gave a great presentation. SROs, by the way, are school resource officers for people yes, who might not I'm know. I'm sorry. Yeah. School resource officers, yes. Um, and obviously, in light of the Uvalde shooting, um, schools around the region have been, and the country, have been ramping up their police presence in schools. Um, so this was um, the first presentation by the chief. The room was packed with parents. Um, there were um, quite a few um, people who normally don't attend meetings there in the audience um, who were there to give support to the chief's recommendation of adding an SRO right now and then adding a few more as time went on. Um, and then surprisingly, the former chief of police, George McNeil, former candidate for sheriff that you had on your show, mm -hmm. showed up to this meeting um, as a resident and a taxpayer. He lives in town. Um, and apparently, um, from the individual who he confronted, um, he confronted a person who called into your show. Um, the debate that you held amongst the three candidates, um, this person apparently called into the show. Um, and so the, the former chief asked this resident why he uh, called into the show to uh, disparage him. Um, so that, <laughs> that individual said, well, let's step outside. We're here in a room where there's a meeting. Let's step outside. And the chief got into his face, waving his finger, and, and told him, keep my name out of, out of your mouth. I mean, wow. at a school committee meeting. That's some very um, ghetto stuff. So, so, it, so just to clarify, just, just for a little bit of context, I'm sure most people know what we're talking about, but just for a, a little bit of context, uh, we had a debate here on South Coast tonight back on August 17th. We had a debate between the three candidates, one of whom being George McNeil. I took calls and messages on the app chat in the last hour of that debate. And there were a few calls that were um, basically people from Somerset uh, attacking George McNeil for his performance, telling him he was actually fired. He didn't resign. He did a bad job accusing him of harassing other Somerset residents, uh, harassing people that were, were running against his wife uh, for school committee. Is his wife still on the school committee or his girlfriend, by the I way? Can't I can't comment on that. You can't comment on reasons. who's on the school committee. I can't. I can't. Okay, yeah. For legal so, reasons, so, I can't. So, so, anyways. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's right. So, so he, so someone who called in, he went to that meeting three weeks later, still mad about it apparently, and confronted this person, saying, "Why did you call into the show and and say this and keep my name out of your mouth?" Yes. Wow. <laughs> This parent, this guy was there. He doesn't have any kids in the school district, but he basically spoke during the public input section and said, hey, listen, I don't have any kids here right now, but I'm here to support your recommendation. As a taxpayer, I would vote yes at town meeting to fund these positions and mm -hmm. basically just spoke very respectfully or whatever. But I guess on his way out or standing near the door, um, McNeil had showed up. I can tell you right now, I've been to dozens and dozens of school committee meetings since 2018 when I first started attending meetings. I had never seen George McNeil at one. Um, I have not seen him at a, a meeting since he has been removed as chief. Um, and he just showed up at this one um, and didn't speak at public input. He didn't contribute anything to the conversation, um, but he confronted um, this, this individual on their way out the door. And, and there was a police presence. Police had to go outside and kind of, um, you know, break things up. Police had to break um, up. Police had to break it up, really. Between, well, between, the we, between their old boss and a, and a resident? Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but at one point we could see current Chief Costa on. I was not there. I could see current Chief Costa get up and leave the room. 
room um, to go outside, um, and you could hear, you know, kind of yelling and, and hollering. So wow. um, it took us a minute to find out, but the um, the individual who was there had reached out to me and said that he was confronted by the former chief. What a disaster. It's and such a bad look, and, you know, it's not even, it's, it's not what everybody's there for. We're trying to add cops to schools. I've been advocating this for forever, that's you know, the, and, and the, here we are bringing this kind of stuff into it. It's that's, ridiculous. That's the crazy thing about it is that there was... That, that this was a meeting to talk about increased security at um, at K through eight schools mm-hmm. because of something horrible that happened to kids uh, at another K through eight school um, mm-hmm. somewhere else. And this is a, about adding more police and the former police chief who doesn't decide to, who might maybe maybe have some input on this, but decides not to decides to just walk into this meeting just to confront a guy who called him on this show Um and and say keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah, so former police chief and former Democrat candidate for sheriff yeah. wow. is acting like yeah. this in a, ta- in a in a public meeting. Still, I think preferable to Nick Bernier's behavior. <laughs> I mean, that's well, I really think outrageous. We're all very behavior. lucky that the election went the way that it did, and and those of us who were in Somerset, we knew that. So, um, you know, we're very lucky that the uh, the election went the way that it did. Jess, thanks for the call. i got to take this break, but I appreciate the you breaking news. Thanks, Thank Jess. You. Appreciate it. Wow, that's crazy. That man. is something else. Hey, listen, i got to take this break. I'll be right back. 1420. Hey, welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, I'm Marcus. He's Chris. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. So we just heard Jess Machado break the news of that incident happening with former Bristol County Sheriff candidate and former Somerset Chief of Police George McNeil. Uh, if... Uh, storming into a school committee meeting apparently and uh, confronting somebody who called into this show to confront him and said keep my name out of your mouth why did you call um incidentally by the way isn't that like a real like housewives of um listen i know i know and it's partly you know i think in large part because jess has, has done such a great job uh, covering issues on that side of the bridge, we know we've got a we've got a Somerset audience, right? Right. And so we're interested to hear what you think about this, what you think about this whole incident, and really what you think about Chief McNeil. And and if you were there, I'd love to hear if you were there. Give me a call. Give us a call at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. This is really something. So he's like Will Smith. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was this is George McNeil's George McNeil's um, more feminine. Um, response right he, he didn't slap him he uh, he was pointing at him and the police had to come out yeah so yeah the police had to come out and and tell their old boss to i, I don't know whatever they had to tell them they were probably happy with it yeah right i know apparently but it's really something i mean to 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 what a fall hey listen we're gonna take your calls to the other other side of the news break so stay tuned